0: Media. This episode contains some references to domestic violence and suicide that listeners may find disturbing. Please listen with care. Detective,
1: uh, this? is Detective Gorokoyama. He's a friend and respected comrade in the world of investigations and he's worked on numerous missing persons cases. When I told Goro-san about my conversation with the building guy, about the noise complaint and the video footage, he agreed with me. It sounded to him like Morimoto had hired a night moving service, you know, yonige. And goro found that the yonige experience was deeply weird. As soon as I started, people told me to watch out for the boss because he's a Yakuza. <laughs> I was amazed by it, so I ended up working there for about half a year.
0: And for those six months, he worked 13-hour shifts with no overtime pay. That's pretty shady. The
1: boss was a skinny guy, but his henchmen, they were a scary-looking duo with punch
0: perms. A punch perm is kind of like the Japanese attempt at a flat top. It used to be the chosen haircut of low-level yakuza. They were called Shimpita decades ago.
2: They had their tattoos out in the open, wearing cut-off sleeves.
1: Shortly after he started working there, Goro-san was summoned to his boss's office. The guy said he didn't like his attitude. The Goro-san I know now is a soft-spoken, mild-mannered guy with Coke bottle glasses. He often reminds me of a tabby cat. But that's partly a facade. Goro-san is not a pushover he's got the edge of someone who knows how to take care of himself. As they say in Japanese, the most deadly falcon hides its cause. Initially, I was getting yelled at, but then the boss started saying that he liked my spunk, and he asked me if I wanted to become a full-time employee. I was like, I don't know, i have to think about it.
0: Back then,
2: I was fit because I was doing martial arts, and I was always acting up. Maybe that's why he thought the Yakuza could use me.
1: Had things gone differently, had Gorosan taken that job, he might have become a Yakuza instead of a PI. This was not a normal boss or a normal company, and it was definitely not a normal job for a college kid. But Night Moving, the so-called yonige is an industry that is bound to attract some interesting characters, as you're about to see. From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Gone with the Gods, Season 1 of The Evaporated. I'm Jake Adelstein.
0: And I'm Shoko Planbeck.
1: There are established things in Japan that seem fictional, from the start. Manuals of suicide, love hotels, alibi services, and among these things are the weird but real night movers, or yonige. Let me give you a very brief Japanese lesson for this one word. Yo, nige, ya. Yo is for yoru, or the night. Nige means escape. And ya refers to a specialized worker. Yo, nige, ya. And so there you have it. A worker who helped you escape at night. It seems like something that would only exist in fiction, but it's very real. Yo, nige has probably existed since the first cars were sold in Japan, but became wildly popular in 1991, after a book about yo, nige was published. The book was later made into a manga, and adapted into a comedy movie called Yonigea Hompo or Yonige Main Office. It's full of campy action sequences and follows professional night movers who help clients escape from
3: debt.
1: You guys,
2: you guys,
1: In the movie, the night movers arrive in the middle of the night with a moving truck that has a lift that goes up to the second story window. They quickly load up a family of four and all their belongings on a conveyor belt and into the truck, then whisk them away into the night and to their new debt-free lives.
0: If you think about it, it doesn't sound plausible, much less legal.
1: But Yo Nige companies are completely legal. They are registered movers, but they work on hours and provide services far beyond what a typical mover offers. I know that some of the shady organizations will help clients get an entirely new identity. That part is definitely not legal. In addition, we know from Gorosan and others that some night-moving services are run by the Yakuza.
0: The word yonige isn't something that you're going to learn in your Japanese 101 textbook, but everyone here does know what it means. So yeah, yonige is definitely a thing in Japan a small industry, if you will. There are actual moving companies that will whisk you away to an entirely new life with very short notice. I did a quick Google search, and there were a bunch of Yoniga companies that were operating in broad daylight as legitimate companies. One of them really stood out to me. It was called Yoniga TS Corporation TLC. And so I sent them an email, and within an hour, I got a short message back asking if we could call. So I call, and the lady on the phone did not bother her with any pleasantries. She got straight to the point.
1: If you know anything about business in Japan, this isn't typical. Being so direct can come across as borderline rude.
0: The lady said that her CEO would be willing to do the interview, but they were asking for a pretty big interview fee.
1: Nearly $400, right? I was like the audacity of these people. I said to tell them that as a respectable journalist, we do not typically pay for interviews. I had to think about it. But we really wanted the interview, and apparently everyone else before us paid. So in the end, we ended up saying yes. I went into it thinking that maybe this company had just proved how sketchy and exploitive their services really were. I knew some of these companies were sketchy, and I was dead set on not getting ripped off. Um, one thing is I am not giving the money until we get the conversation. In. Get the information first, then give the prize.
0: 400 $400. We forgot to bring envelopes for the money, so Jake had to run down to the convenience store to grab some. But they only had them in A4 size, which is kind of an embarrassing way to hand someone money.
2: I think they must think we're dodgy. Like, Imagine if yeah. they think these people are so fucking weird. Oh, uh, you know,
1: we are not dodgy. You're a legitimate journalist. That's this Sanka, by the way, our producer. You'll hear her pop up from time to time, like a little Sri Lankan leprechaun, sometimes doing voices, sometimes in the background, laughing. But she's there. I just
0: got a message from them. They said that they're on the way from Tokyo Station. So I'll go pick them up pretty soon. So they arrive, right? Jake went and bought giant envelopes and put money inside, along with a signed copy of his Tokyo Vice book. And then we went down to meet the Yonigaya CEO, Saito-san, and their right-hand man, Yoshida-san. Make that right-hand woman.
1: This is maybe a bit dated of me, but I was surprised when we went to pick them up. I had kind of assumed yonige would be a boys' club like so many things in Japan. But the CEO of the biggest, baddest yonige company was also a woman.
0: The first thing I noticed about them was how colorful they are. Yoshida-san had these bright red streaks in her black hair, and red glasses, and red eyelashes, and a black and red outfit that pulled it all together. She looked like a business casual vampire.
1: And Saito san the CEO, was accessorized with dangly gold earrings, a pink designer bag, and nails with more gold on them than my watch.
0: Which were also studded with diamonds, by the way. And they were both very confident. I'm not going to lie, like a tad intimidating. Um, There was this one really revealing moment while we were miking everyone up. They're our guests, so Jake asked them if they wanted anything to drink.
1: saito san and Yoshida-san wanted a particular brand of cafe latte. Shoko, you wanted a water, and Tisanka, our producer, was very preoccupied, micing them up and said she didn't want anything.
0: And then saito san who was like sitting there examining her sparkly nails, just said, Those who hold back don't live long.
1: Well, Tisanka changed her mind about asking for a glass of water, but I hadn't changed my mind about Saida-san and her crew. Was this flashy woman with the sparkly nails really everything she seemed? This didn't really match the image I had of the typical Yonigia. But by the time we were done interviewing her, she had changed my mind about many things.
0: Okay, it's fine. It's
1: already recording, so yeah. Okay. hi mama kara.
3: Uh, yes, I should start with my name. Uh, sure, I'm Mihu Saira, a representative of TS Corporation, TSC. It's been, what, about 20 years since I started this company.
0: That's a long time to be in any business. To put it into perspective, she's been helping people run away for as long as our interns have been alive. For
3: the most part, I support clients who want to run away or hide because of domestic violence, problems with money, among other circumstances. Well, long story short, uh, I was once in a situation where I was basically abducted and kept captive for four to five years.
0: If you look at Saito-san now, all anyone would see is the queen of Yoniga. Major, you-can't-fuck-with-me vibes. But as a married woman in her early 20s, she was a victim of severe domestic violence, and she couldn't escape.
1: It's difficult to find someone who'll help you if you're a victim of domestic violence in Japan now, in 2022. But 30 years ago, it was even worse. There were no laws against stalking. The police had, as a general rule, that they wouldn't get involved in civil disputes. And domestic violence was considered a civil dispute. Even when Saitasan went to the police with severe injuries, they would just tell her that it was probably her fault.
3: There were about two or three times that I almost died and had to take an ambulance. When that happens, the police usually got involved. They never did much. But one person, they were a detective, said, you should run away. But I was afraid that if I ran away, he would find me and kill me. He had complete control over me.
0: Complete control. People are often baffled by victims of domestic abuse and blame them for staying in the relationship. They'll say, if it's so bad, why don't you just leave? But Saito-san was right to be afraid of leaving. Every three days in Japan, a woman is killed by her intimate partner, or ex-partner. Leaving doesn't make you safe. Data aside, leaving is not so simple, especially when your abuser has psychological, financial, and emotional control over you.
1: In a normal Japanese household, the wife holds the purse strings and manages the money. But that's often not the case in a situation where the husband is abusive.
3: It's especially common when the man has a higher income. They might think, I can make this much money. Can you? I'm the one who puts food on the table. Oh wow, it's true. But then it's like, I'd like to see you try and give birth.
1: Saito-san ran a restaurant, but the property and finances were tied to her husband. She knew that if she ran away, she was going to lose access to all of it.
0: Despite all of that, it seems like the detective who told her to run away gave the tiniest bit of autonomy back to Saito-san. She started thinking, so what if she lost everything? As long as she was alive, she could start over.
1: She found a shelter for victims of domestic violence that would take her in.
0: The shelter was far from being a safe haven, though. Her experience with the shelter was also quite traumatic.
3: They showed up and suddenly blindfolded me, even though I'm the victim. They treated me like I was the one who did something wrong. So there I was, being taken to the shelter, blindfolded, And I'm shaking the whole time, wondering where the hell they were taking me. I remember I asked them, is my dog okay? And they just said, he's fine, even though he probably wasn't.
1: It seems like a cruel thing to do, to blindfold someone and not tell them where they're going. But there's a good reason for doing that. It's to protect them and the other women at the shelter, and the staff. Because if the location gets leaked, Someone could storm the shelter and everyone's safety could be compromised. So it's a disorienting, but necessary measure.
0: The place she was taken to was pretty grim. It didn't have any windows, except for a small one that was so high up, she couldn't even see anything out of it. There were numerous other women like her, as well as one man.
1: It's much rarer for a man to be a victim of domestic violence, but it does happen.
0: In the morning, we
3: had these weird meetings that basically felt like they were trying to brainwash us. They told us things that made no sense, like, your country is taking care of you, so it's your responsibility to escape safely. What?
1: After two weeks, they abruptly told tsaira that it was time to leave. They blindfolded her again and put her in a car.
3: Before I knew it, I was in front of my house and they just dropped me off there. Just like that.
1: Saita-san had nowhere to go, no one to turn to. She slept in her car for a while and then eventually found herself staying in a manga cafe.
0: Mangas are basically comic books, and manga cafes have a bunch of them lying around. But it's more than that. It's also a place where you can rent a tiny room that is generally just large enough to fit a recliner, and inside there's a large computer screen. It's open 24-7, and it covers all of the basics. There's a drink bar, some food, lockers for your stuff, a place to shower, and nowadays, of course, there's internet.
1: And they're relatively cheap. Nine hours only set you back about 1,500 yen or 12 US dollars. It's popular with people who miss the last train home, but it's also one of the spots where you're most likely to find runaways and other missing people. It's an anonymous, temporary place to stay where you have everything you need to survive and just pass the time.
3: I would spend time just reading, and one day, when I went to look for a magazine, I found a manga series called Yonige Main Office.
0: Do you remember the Yonige movie from earlier, with the same name? After going through absolute hell, this manga, picked up randomly in a manga cafe, was going to change Saito-san's life. More on that, after the break.
2: This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast, where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations Knows no bounds. Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: saicha couldn't get Yonige main office out of her head. It was a story about a company that helps people when they're at their darkest hour, and that really struck a chord with her, especially after everything she'd been through.
3: My restaurant and bar business was going well, and for someone in their 20s, I had a ton of money coming in. And when you're doing well like that, don't you find yourself with a lot of friends?
1: But when she called on those friends to help her or let her stay the night, no one would take her in.
3: I was scared of some man coming into my room. I asked my friends if I could stay at their place because I really wanted to get a good night's sleep. But they just say, hmm, I can't today, or whatever. How about tomorrow? I can't tomorrow, sorry. And I'd just be like, oh, okay. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. And I thought, I guess that's just how it is. What did I expect? My phone that used to ring every day stopped ringing.
1: When saito san was in trouble, her friends hadn't come through for her. She wasn't on good enough terms with her family to ask for help, and the police wouldn't come to her rescue.
3: The lawyer and police were like, Saira-san, you're a strange one. And I was like, no, you guys are the strange ones. In my moment of need, the only people that would help blindfolded me and took me to some dodgy place. And they were like, well, why don't you go into an occupation where you can use this bad experience?
0: In my opinion, that seems like a tone-deaf thing to say to someone. But when Saira-san read the Yonige book, the detective's advice popped into her head.
3: Looking back, it makes me laugh how serious I was. But doing a yonige company was the only thing I had on my mind. Like yonigea, yonigea.
0: Saito san became obsessed. In Japan, one in four women will experience domestic violence. But when they ask for help, it seems like there's not a lot that people can or will do. She wanted to help women avoid the helplessness that she'd had to go through.
3: But how do you start a Yoniga company? And I started just groping around in the dark, doing what I could to start my own Yoniga company.
1: She rented a three-room apartment, a place where people who wanted to run away could stay while they figured out their next step.
3: It wasn't profitable at all. But people who came didn't even have money for food a lot of the time. So I'd make them food before I'd head out for the day. It was like that for a while.
0: It's worth mentioning again that saito san used to run a restaurant. She had business savvy and a lot of connections. When she started telling people about her struggles and how it had led her to start her yonige business, help started to pour in from everywhere.
3: It's mysterious how helpers just started increasing. People will be like, oh, I have a truck you can use, or I used to work at a moving company, so let me help you. And it's just kept growing little by little that way for 20 years. Most of my employees are actually former clients of mine. They understand me and the people we help better than anyone else.
0: Her right-hand woman, Yoshida-san, is also a former client. Yoshida-san had run away from an unhappy marriage with a new love interest who didn't tell her that he lived in a takobeya, which is kind of like a modern-day debtor's prison.
1: Taco Bellas are illegal and rare, but do exist. The term also sometimes just refers to a big room, like a big dorm room with many beds and no privacy, essentially a room in a house. If you owe loan sharks a lot of money, they might abduct you, take you to one, basically a place where you are forced to work off your debt in indentured labor-like conditions. You're closely monitored and forced to live in tight quarters with other laborers.
0: Takabeya means octopus room, if you translate it directly. Apparently, it got its name because it's like an octopus trap. Once you're in, you can't escape.
1: Not exactly the most romantic place to take your lover. And this is why Yoshida san called Saito san to help her and her Takabeya boyfriend escape. And she's been working with Saito san as a Yo Nigia consultant ever since.
0: I just want to add that Takabeya boyfriend is now Takabeya husband. For those who are curious, here's how Yonigeya typically works. A client calls Saito-san, probably after finding her on the internet, like we did.
3: First, we confirm what kind of situation they're in. If we think their life is in danger and they say, I don't need anything, I just want to run away as soon as possible, we say, okay, we'll come get you now.
0: Remember when Saito-san told Tsanka that people who hold back don't live long? This quote flashed through my mind when she talked about the emergency calls she gets sometimes. The ones where, if both Saita-san and her clients don't move fast, someone could die. And it's not always who you'd think it might be.
3: There's been cases where I'm on a call with a client, and I can tell they've been pushed to the limit. There's been two cases where the victim couldn't take it anymore and kill their man before we could get to them.
1: On top of possible homicides by husband or wife, She also has to be on the lookout for people who are on the verge of taking their own lives.
3: In these kinds of situations, I have to stop them. Sometimes I'll be on the phone drenched in my own sweat because the phone is a lifeline.
1: But in most cases, there's time to plan. Some clients can't move fast or nimbly. They have a lot of stuff they want to bring with them and children they need to think about. Many have to wait for the perfect opening to escape, a time when their husbands or other family members aren't around.
0: There's a number of logistics Saito san needs to work out before she sends over the Yoniga truck.
3: Things like, you want us to help you contact the police or get a lawyer? Or, this is how much it's going to cost you. Can you afford it? It's not fun to say this, but we're not volunteers. You need to have some
0: money. Saito san may have started this company to help people out, but she's also a shrewd businesswoman. She never lends money and never accepts late payment.
3: I tell them, do what you need to do to get the
0: money. I can even introduce
3: you to a job. I mean, you can make the money you need in less than a week if it's just 50,000 yen. There's no adult that can't scrounge together 50,000 yen.
1: Once everything is confirmed and paid for, saita starts preparing. They will often contact the police ahead of time to let them know when they're coming. This way, if neighbors mistake the Yonege workers for thieves and call the police, they'll know what's going on or more importantly, if the husband comes back and causes trouble, the police can intervene before someone gets hurt.
0: Apparently, it's happened before. When that happens,
3: first I'll try and explain the situation to them while the
1: rest of my staff
3: keep packing.
0: Saitasan says she also encourages clients to inform the police that they're planning to disappear. They do this so police can reject a missing person's request if their family tries to file one. They will straight up tell them, look, the person you're looking for came in and they don't want to be found.
1: After the truck is packed up, there's only one thing left to do.
0: I always ask my clients to leave a note.
3: It basically just says, don't look for me. I always tell them to include that they've already notified the police, and what else? But it's not like they got involved in an accident or crime or something, they just disappeared. And it usually ends with, please don't contact me or the children and if you must, use a third party, that kind
0: of thing. The trucks will then take their clients to a secure location, but it doesn't end there. It's also the Yonige company's job to provide sufficient aftercare. They have to make sure that the runaways are safely hidden and get the help they need to start their new lives. Clients can stay at a halfway house, where Saita-san or one of her employees also live, at least until the clients find their footing. The company can also help them find a new job and permanent housing. If they need one, they'll introduce clients to an affordable lawyer and help them with any paperwork they might need to fill out.
1: It's also the company's job to help clients stay hidden.
0: To put it simply,
3: if you're going to move from, say, Tokyo to Saitama, you would have to be an idiot to register your new address in Saitama.
0: There are safety measures you can request at the government office when you register your address that make it harder for someone to find you. But it's not bulletproof.
3: We tell clients they can register their address through one of our addresses, a place where one of my staff or former clients live, and I might get a call from them saying, this person showed up. And I'll be like, ah, okay, got it. But they won't have any idea where the person they're looking for actually lives.
1: If you're going to vanish, you need to stay invisible. They will help you get a new phone number, create a new email, teach you important tricks like don't check your old phone for messages, don't have your mail transferred to a new address. They'll show you how to make sure your bank doesn't send your statements to your old address because your statements might list the ATMs you used. You'd be surprised what you could give away.
0: Jake read in a book he had lying around called Ura Haro Waku, The Underground Labor Guide. That in extreme cases, people will buy entire new identities. And sometimes, yonige companies will help their clients get one. I know Jake had his hopes up, but saito company is a bit too above board for that. They work with the police pretty often, after all.
3: I've heard of companies helping clients get new identities, but it's pretty illegal for stepping into the gray zone. If you're going to do that, I say it's better to just get married.
1: This is pretty common, by the way. Even some of her male employees have gotten married and taken on their wives' last names. Japan has an unusual adoption system called Gumi. It's not only designed so that parents can adopt a child, it also allows adults to adopt other adults. Usually this is to carry on the family name. It's like getting married, but not. The rules are that the person adopting the other has to be the older one. A younger person can't adopt an older person, as far as I know. This was sometimes used by gay couples to have a semblance of a marriage. It's also a system beloved of fraudsters and yakuza. It's a legal way to change your name, your last name only, and you can dissolve an adoption and get adopted by someone else. It's the perfect way to take on a new last name, and thus a new identity.
0: There's a lot of ways to stay hidden after you make your escape, and Saitasan will help you navigate it, safely and legally.
1: At the end of the day, though, It's up to the clients to decide how discreet they can be. And of course, how important it is to stay hidden varies a lot from situation to situation. Wherever you fall on the spectrum though, restarting your life can be pretty difficult and kind of lonely.
3: Relatives can be troublesome as well. I tell my clients that even if it's just one or two people that you keep in touch with, you're increasing your risk of being found. So please cut your ties, even if it's painful.
0: I can understand how hard that would be to hear. I mentioned in the previous episode that my family was in trouble when I was a kid. And we were offered the option of escaping into the witness protection program. My parents considered it, but the reason they didn't go through with it was because cutting ties with your family is a huge sacrifice. One they weren't willing to make, especially with kids.
1: Cutting ties means you'll have nowhere to go for the holidays. No one to reach out when you miss them or need their help or just want to talk about old times you lose access to an entire part of your identity. Even if your family sucks, it's not an easy choice to make. And laying low isn't always an easy way to live. I kind of know how you feel there.
0: In other words, you wouldn't blow up your life unless you had a really good reason to. There's people escaping from debt, relentless stalkers, infidelity, and the most common reason, 20% of all cases are domestic violence
1: saito has hundreds of stories of people escaping from their horrible spouses, but there's one story in particular that sticks with her.
3: She was, how I put it, a slave treated worse than a maid.
0: For more than 35 years, her incredible story after the break. One day, Saito-san got a call from a young woman who said she needed help. Not for herself, but for her mother. Of course, it was
3: because of the husband.
0: He was yelling at her
3: every day, telling her she was worthless.
0: The mother, Yoshiko-san, had gotten
3: married at 20. I was told that she had never once sat down to eat a meal. Her husband told her she couldn't. For every meal, her daughters and husband sat at the table, And after they say itadakimasu, the husband ate first, and then the daughters could eat second.
0: In Japan, itadakimasu is a very common thing people say at meals. It's similar to saying grace before you eat. You know, to thank everyone and everything that made your meal possible.
3: She had to stand and watch them eat the whole time. And then afterwards, she could have what was left over.
1: It's no secret that Japan sucks when it comes to gender equality. It ranks a dismal 116 out of 144 in the rankings of so-called developed nations. It also still sucks in the home, where strict gender roles are something you still see in a lot of marriages. But this was extreme. It seemed like something so completely outdated, a situation might have found 100 years ago, not now.
0: Speaking of outdated, the type of house that Yoshiko-san lived in was called a nagaya, It's a mansion-like building from the Edo period that you'd only step foot in if you were staying at a fancy, traditional Japanese hotel. It has a giant entrance and hallways with dark, glossy wood floors that lead you to dozens of tatami mat rooms. It's a maze of doorways and narrow staircases where a mere visitor would need a guide just to find the bathroom.
3: She said the cleaning alone was a handful. And if she didn't vacuum every surface every day, her husband would become furious with her.
1: Yoshiko-san had gotten married at 20 and immediately had kids. By the time Seidam-san met her, she was 55 years old, which means that she spent 35 years in this horribly abusive relationship.
3: But she thought, that's just what marriage is. Irresponsible people will tell you, marriage is something you have to tolerate. And she believed them. So, she had two kids. And then she told herself, I'll just bear with it until my kids are 20. And then she told herself, I'll bear with it until they graduate college. But then they were getting married, and then they had kids, and she thought, I can tolerate this until my grandkids are out of elementary school. Just bearing it became all she knew how to do. If it's for the sake of their kids,
0: women can bear pretty much anything. So years pass. Her two daughters grow up, get married, have kids of their own. And one day, one of the daughters comes home and sees that Yoshiko-san is just staring at her own reflection in the mirror. This was very odd. The daughter couldn't recall her mom ever using a mirror. She thought about it. And
3: usually daughters see their mom using a mirror to do their hair, put on makeup, whatever. But it occurred to her that she never seen her mom do that. Not once.
0: She got closer and asked her mom what was wrong.
3: And her mother just said, Who was she? And in that moment, the daughter knew things were bad.
0: The daughter was scared for her mom. Years of living in this oppressive environment seemed to have finally broken her. Literally made her forget who she was. Yoshiko-san's daughter knew she had to get her mom out of the house and without her father knowing about it. So she did some research, and that's how she found Saito san.
1: They devised a plan. The two sisters bought an apartment for their mother on the outskirts of Tokyo. It was affordable and in the same neighborhood as Yoshiko san's best friend. With her help, they got it ready for their mother to live in. When all their preparations were done, they paid Saito san 140,000 yen, about 1,100 US dollars, and she and a team of five made their way over to Yoshiko-san's home. They parked their vans nearby and waited patiently for the husband to leave.
3: The dad went to buy something at the convenience store, so that gave us fifty minutes or so. Our hearts were pounding.
0: Yoshiko-san didn't have a lot of possessions, but remember where she lived? in this insane labyrinth of a house.
3: Getting her stuff
0: out was a nightmare. It's like, what? You have
3: to go through another room? And through weird stairs to the second floor? I was so lost.
1: While her employees moved the belongings out of the house, saito san went to get Yoshiko-san.
3: She didn't even recognize her own name when I called her. I said, Yoshiko-san, let's go. And she was like, huh? Where? Where are you taking me? And I said, a good place. And I had to carry her because she was so spaced out.
1: The Onigi team brought two cars to the scene, one for Yoshiko-san and the other for her belongings.
3: One car was keeping watch in case the husband came back. And we threw Yoshiko-san and her belongings in another car. It probably looked like we're kidnapping her. But all this from start to finish was done in 15 minutes.
1: I can barely get dressed in 15 minutes.
3: I caught a glimpse of him coming back. Damn, he was ugly. <laughs>
0: When Yoshiko-san got to her new apartment, her friend was there. She was waiting for her.
3: The friend said, I've been waiting for you. And Yoshiko-san started to come back to herself. She was like, what? I'm out? I'm really out? It was like heaven to her.
0: Three years later, out of the blue, Saita-san got a call from Yoshiko-san.
3: She was like, I'm having a girls' day, want to join? And I was thinking, you've got to be kidding me joining a girl's day with a bunch of old women.
1: Saida-san may act tough, but of course she was delighted. She went to take part in girl's day.
3: And I find three of them all giggling and having a good time. And I noticed that Yoshiko-san had gotten real cute. For 35 years, all she'd done was wash her face in the morning. And I kind of got a feeling like something was up, and she confided in me later. She said, actually, Saita-san, I have a boyfriend. And two years later, they got married.
1: I love a happy ending. And it's pretty common for saita to reconnect with the people she's helped escape.
3: People who ran with small kids will sometimes call me and say, remember so-and-so who you held when we ran away? They just turned 20, or they just get married. Makes me really happy.
0: Many of her clients escape knowing that they have to cut most, if not all, of their ties with their previous life. They have to start making new friendships and a new support system from scratch.
3: They want to tell someone about their big news, but sometimes I'm the only one they have left to tell. Someone that was just a kid when I helped their family escape will come and ask me if I remember them. Of course I do. And they might say, I remember the night you and some suspicious-looking people showed up. But they were smiling, and I remember you yelled at me to help move boxes. <laughs>
2: you were a little
3: scared. But guess what? I just had my first kid, or whatever. Sometimes I'll get little visits like that or thank you notes.
0: From the moment you call Yonige TS Corporation TLC, saita and her crew have your back. They won't rest until you've safely escaped and found your footing.
1: And in a way, running away through Saita-san's company helps you join a community, a safe place for people like you who had to leave their lives behind and start anew, which I can only imagine makes the whole thing a little less lonely.
0: Sometimes Saita-san will keep tabs on her former clients for less wholesome reasons. Take this one dude, for example.
3: There was one guy who had three partners run away from him using our get service. This guy is the worst, right? I actually know him pretty well. I'd say we even get along. Gotta keep an eye on him, because I don't know what
0: he'll do.
1: Three partners. Ugh,
0: oh, this guy is the worst.
1: The first lady Saira-san helped was his wife.
0: I helped her escape.
3: And on the day off, I get a call from him. And he's like, Saira-san? looks like my wife you get on me know anything about it but of course I'd never tell him one of my clients
0: saito son helped not one but two of that man's girlfriends escape from him afterwards which really illustrates that for every one man making terrible decisions there are three women trying to get as far away from him as possible but here's the kicker I know him
3: because he was actually one of our clients
1: that's right this bad guy? Originally, he was the one calling to san up. He needed her help to help him and his wife escape from some massive debts he'd accumulated over the years. Which turns out to be the most common reason that men, who are also frequent clients of the Night Movers, turn to yonige to run away from money problems.
0: I mean, not super surprising. And actually, when we were researching Yoniga, the stats made it seem like men were the overwhelming majority of Yoniga clients. We're talking, out of 100 Yonige cases, only two were women, if that. But when we dug deeper, we realized it was because the official stats are collected by landlords and real estate scriveners. People who have to deal with a tenant disappearing without any notice and without paying rent. And in those cases, it's overwhelmingly men. And because they cause problems, they get reported. Saitasan's company is geared towards women running from bad situations. So it's no surprise that those cases fly under the radar. We've heard a lot from women using Yonige, but what about the men running from debt and other money problems? Doesn't that sound very familiar?
1: Like Morimoto? If Morimoto had used a Yonige service and I was increasingly convinced that he had, my accountant would have been a pretty typical case someone who is irresponsible with money, with a tarnished social reputation, possibly being chased by dodgy loan sharks. I considered showing Saita-san Morimoto's photo, but she's very discreet, and I just don't think she'd rat him out even if he was a client. I was curious to know if she had customers like him, someone we could possibly talk to.
0: So we asked Saita-san if she knew anyone that would be willing to talk to us. And a couple months later, we were sitting across from her once more.
1: God, it's been so busy. A bunch of weirdos lately.
0: (laughs) This time, she brought one of her drivers.
1: Next week, we're going to meet him. A former businessman who decided the only way to save his family was either to kill himself or run away. Killing himself might have been easier.
2: That was the scariest moment. When he uh, pulled out his phone and showed me the photos of my family. I was terrified. It was the first time that I thought, if I stay with my family, I'm putting them in danger. The
0: Evaporated, Gone with the Gods, is a production of Campside Media with Sony Music Entertainment. It was reported by Jake Adelstein and myself, Shogo Planbeck. I also wrote this episode. Our producer is Tisanka Siripala. The executive producer is Josh Dean. Story editing by Josh Dean and Amy Plembeck. Fact checking by Onika Robbins and Himari Iwamoto. Sound design, mix and engineering by Taka Yasuzawa with assistant engineering by Yurosh Yovanovich and Alex Portfelix. Additional reporting and production assistance by Himari Iwamoto. Voice acting on this episode by Makoto Hirano and Miki Hanta. Editorial support by Aaliyah Papes, Doug Slaywin, and Destiny Dingle. The executive producers at Campside Media are Josh Dean, Vanessa Gregoriadis, Adam Hoff, and Matt Scherer. If you enjoy the evaporated Gone with the Gods, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. It really does help other people find the show. And if you'd like to listen to all nine episodes of Gone with the Gods now, ad-free, Subscribe to Sony Music's Binge channel on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.